Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Jerry is the worst. She's like a, she's like a goat. She's like Fred. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in the best year ever, 1977. Are we still on this? We're still on this. It's the greatest year. I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. The worst year ever. I don't I don't need to prop myself up on my birth year. <laughs> Jenny, I have to tell you something. I had a dream about you. I had. I was telling you the dream I had. I it had, was so weird. I had a dream. and I saved this for the podcast because I thought people might like to hear it. I had a dream that you could morph into an animal. That's cool. And you decided to be a blue whale. Was I like a shapeshifter? I guess. And you decided to be a blue whale. (laughs) And I came to visit you because you know how I am about whales. And I was like petting you as a whale. Where was I (laughs) that you were visiting me as a blue whale? (laughs) You were in like some kind of aquarium setting. Even your dreams don't understand science. And I was saying to you, Jenny, how does it feel to be a whale? And your voice was real tiny. And you were going, this isn't good because my head is so heavy. I can't (laughs) move it. And you were like having a real hard time moving your head around. (laughs) That was it. I had a dream that mom made, scheduled all our plans. We were all together like we were for the holidays. And she scheduled our plans and we were supposed to go to this party and she scheduled us to go to a movie before the party. We weren't going to the party till 10 o'clock. And I was like, that's fine with me, but you guys are all going to be asleep at the party in <laughs> yeah, like five minutes. <laughs> and then we were going to this movie and you and I were fighting over whether Data was in it or not, like oh, the Star Trek God. character. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in the mall parking lot. It was so weird. We're fighting even in your dreams. About Star Trek. Well, I love how you sacrificed yourself to become a whale for me. That was pretty great. That is not the animal I would have picked. But you didn't like it. <laughs> no, of course I didn't. I would have turned into a harpy eagle. I feel like there's something with your head being too big that's a metaphor for our relationship, but I'll, I got to think about it. I have a very oddly small head. You're the one with the big head. Um, Jenny bought me a harpy eagle for Christmas. Adoption, adoption kit. Right. She adopted one. She didn't buy me. Oh, God. Imagine <laughs> if you bought me an actual harpy eagle. I would die. I feel like you can't do that because they're endangered, I think. She so. sponsored a goddamn harpy eagle for me. If you guys don't know what a harpy eagle is, bring You'll never forget it. Take a shot or two of something and then look. 
You'll never forget it. You will die. Um, our our Mimi Kim loves Harpy Eagles, and it's like her dream to see one. I'm like, nope, it's my nightmare. It be, I mean, it would be kind of cool to see one though. They're intense. Jenny, you would have to shoot me first and drag me to the woods. And on my deathbed, if I saw it, maybe that would be okay. Um, but now I keep getting ads for Harpy Eagle related ah. things. <laughs> so I'm not happy with you. And do you see it? It's behind me here. The doll, the, the plush is good. It looks it's gross. Like, so funny. I threatened to give it to Lafayette Beetle. Yeah, go ahead, because he'll probably choke on the little pieces and die. <laughs> mm. Guys, if you haven't yet, please listen to our 2020 year in review. We had a lot of fun um, recording that and looking back on our six months that we've accomplished here. Yeah, only been six months. <sighs> Feels like forever. Wow. Feels like forever. I can't. <laughs> um <laughs> all right so let's uh let's dive in here today we are continuing our look at little house on the prairie with season three episode 13 the very relevant quarantine jen the description reads doc baker assists with an outbreak of mountain fever in a nearby town the people of walnut grove are hopeful that the disease will overpass their community grace and isaiah's young daughter alicia becomes seriously ill so isaiah takes her to an abandoned house in the town to nurse her back to health laura appears to have the fever as well and charles frantically sets out to find dr baker he doesn't take her to an abandoned house in town he takes her to the bachelor shack whatever we needed the music the bachelor music to cue us into that <laughs> yeah, i like how he's like i got a place <laughs> That would be you, Jay. You would have a family and you would have like a place on the side. I got a place over there. Okay. We open on a very somber scene. Oh, let me just say, directed by Victor French. I was so excited. Yes. Written by John Hawkins. I text Jenny. I'm like, oh my God, it's directed by Victor French. I mean, give this man an Academy Award for directing. He's my new favorite director. (laughs) I want Victor French, even though he's dead, to direct everything. He should direct the next Star Wars. Okay. We open a very somber scene as Edwards rows Doc Baker to a dock lit up with tiki torches and a small militia is waiting for them. I was like, am I watching Game of Thrones? Did I put on the wrong show? It was very dark. Yeah. Like visually dark. Remember that? Games of Thrones. Yeah, remember that episode of Game of Thrones where everybody was pissed off because nobody could see anything because it was so dark? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the militia tells Edwards to turn around. They have 20 cases of mountain fever. No one moves in or out. And Edwards is like, look, I brought a doctor. Not a good one, but he could maybe change the bedpans. I was just like, they already have the threat of mountain fever. Why do they need guns on these people? Like, they're like, contagious disease. Come like, leave or stay. Maybe they have to shoot people if they try to escape. Like, they already have the disease. Like, get the guns if you know what's in the towns around you and you don't want people coming into your town. Yeah. But what? They're going to shoot people who are well coming into the diseased town? I don't understand. Doc Baker tells the men that Dr. Quimby has sent for him. Jen, how bad are things if you're sending for Baker? Baker's your backup. You're fine. <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> Edwards wants to come in as well since he's already had the fever. Now, if we remember, Edwards told us in previous episodes he had the fever, brought it home to his wife and child, and they died. Yes. Okay. So, no, the militia says go away. Jen, does he go away? Nope. Does he go away? No. Because he's lured in by what? 
some crazy drunk on the dock. First, he's lured in by coffee. No, he has the coffee. No, he goes up. They had the coffee. He goes. Oh, he up goes to, to drink the coffee, the coffee pot, and he doesn't drink the coffee because Edward's raging alcoholism is too much, and some rando stumbles rando. out with a bottle, and he was fucking drinks it. Who is perhaps the worst worst actor I've ever seen? I think they really got a drunk guy. Oh, that's possible. <laughs> I feel like they would have been better. The drunk, a drunk would have been better. So a drunk would have been more believable than this bad actor. So guys, let me review. Edwards goes to a super contagy town and drinks from a homeless man's bottle. <laughs> so we don't know that he's homeless. Okay, and I think this is a good time. To pause and tell my story. Oh, God. That this exact thing happened to me. Yes, it did. Yeah. Happened to all of us. Happened to all of us. I'm going to call the person Benis Boshaner. (laughs) Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to? So I went to Benis Boshaner's house, who was having a party. And I was, I don't know, 15. Oh, so this happened. Wait, wait, wait. This happened to you more than once then. Because this happened to you in Savannah, Georgia. Yes. I was maybe 15. I went to Benis Boshaner's house for a party. And all I remember about this party is there were a lot of older boys and I was super intimidated. So they're passing around like Jack or something. And I drink out of Benis Boshaner's bottle. Oh, I know what I know. And I got fucking mono. I'm so sure that's how you got mono. That's how I got from mono. drinking out of somebody's bottle. Who else had who else had mono? Benis Boshaner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't Income. call it the kissing disease for no reason. No, I was not dating anyone at the time. Mm-hmm. And unlike you, I don't go to parties and just make out with people. So it was <laughs> I was just I was there. I drank out of his bottle. We both had and I had mono bad. I couldn't go to school for three months. Does anyone have mono not bad? Yes, you can get a light case of it. Like, you can get a less intense case of mono. I was hospitalized. Oh, God. No, I remember when you came to Savannah, Georgia, and spread what we called the funk to everyone. That was different. Like, I just got sick. You spread a stomach illness to everyone from drinking out of somebody's bottle. (laughs) Random strangers. Amy was turning 21, and she came to visit me. I was living in Savannah, Georgia at the time. And the last thing... My father told me was don't don't get her drunk. She doesn't no, know how to said, drink. Don't let her drink grain, which I don't know why he said that. Because of Wet Willies, there was a place called Wet Willies there, and they they made slushies with grain alcohol. Think about it. Mostly vodka, but some of them had grain. And he's like, don't don't get her wasted on grain. Yeah, you're right. It had the grain because don't take her to Wet Willies. She can't handle that. So the first thing we do is get in the car and go to Wet Willies. Oh, it was so and- bad. And she dumped the slushy down in front of her shirt. (laughs) She had it on there all night. And then we were seeing this band and she just starts drinking out of people's beer bottles. Like they're she's best friends with them now and drinking out of their beers. Whatever. We almost ran her over with our own car on the way home. On the this is what I remember. On the way home, we are in a rooms to go parking lot. (laughs) I'm under the car vomiting. Mm -hmm. That's what I remember. And I'm screaming, don't move the car, because for some reason you decided to, like, fall down on the ground and roll under the car. Do you still have the picture of me with the slushy all over me? You Probably. You should put that in the Mimi Beast. Probably. It was, it was, we were on the riverfront in Savannah, if you don't know this. It's 
it's actually a really cool place. It's like a bunch of bars and restaurants all along the river and it's really fun, but we were making a scene of ourselves and then we had to drive all the way back to the South side. The the moral of the story is Jenny was supposed to take care of me. Once again, you lived, you lived barely you lived and then spread a stomach illness to all of us. Cause I thought she was just sick the next day from being so drunk. No, she did. You got on a plane. I had to fly home with a stomach virus and And I'll never forget. We hit an electrical storm and the plane was so turbulent on the way home. I was like crying. And then me and my friend, Jen, who is in the Mimi bees, we were in, we, she had another like three or four days there mm-hmm. and we were so sick. Mm-hmm. We had this stomach flu. We couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. I want to kill you. So moral of the story, guys, don't drink don't. out of a Randos bottle. <laughs> Just don't do it. It wrecks like weeks of your life. Yes. It, re- it literally twice wrecked weeks of my life. It wrecked Jen's vacation to Georgia. Jesus. I will forget though that I won't forget that first time I got mono lost like 30 pounds. Felt pretty good. (laughs) Okay. Back in Walnut Grove, Jenny, Grace is cooking some laundry. Yeah. She's like boiling. Mm -hmm. Like you used to do that. Yeah. Okay. And she sees Carl's Jr. and Alicia off to school. Edwards walks home. Okay. So Grace is seeing the kids off and as she's seeing them off, Edwards is coming home and Alicia runs to him and is like kissing on him. And he's, like hugging her and and i'm having ptsd i know grace keeps making comments like you're disgusting go get cleaned up you're so dirty dust is coming off of you and i wrote he's kissing alicia she's fucked yeah and then did you get that he kicked carl's jr in the ass no oh yeah he kicked him in the ass while he's walking away (laughs) no i missed that at school the kids are goofing off and Nellie is pretending to be the teacher and she's reading like these nursery rhymes that's that are dragging Willie. <laughs> well, and they're like about killing babies and stuff. I'm like, is this a Metallica song? About, like, what is she doing? It's about stepping on a kid's head and popping their eye sockets out. Like it was dark. Little Willie. Oof. Willie yells at her and they start fist fighting. Beetle then comes in with Hanson. I was like, what shit's going down? Hanson's in the school. And they yell at them. And Jen, did you know Hanson is the head of the school board? I do now. (laughs) I should have known that. So Hanson comes in. He's like, as the head of the school board, I have an announcement to make. I'm like, what, what, what? (laughs) They decide there's mountain fever. In okay, so I could not remember for the life of me the name of the town. Elm something. Every time I wrote it, I called it something different. Elkdale, Emsville, whatever. So Elmsville. I don't know what it is. He tells the mountain fevers there, and they need to really buckle down and make sure that it does not come to Walnut Grove. So he wants everyone to go home and school's canceled. And the kids are all like, Yeah. He's like, No, 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 no. You're not going to anyone else's farms. Get in your house. You're on quarantine. Quarantine, bitches. Get used to it. So we see the whole town close up, even the post office. That, I thought nothing stopped in the U.S. mail. Mm, I guess that's a lie. Jen, back at the Ingalls, did you notice someone tragically cut bangs into Carrie's hair? (laughs) Okay, I knew something different. What was different about her? Okay. (laughs) Who did that? I'm thinking Edwards. He just like with the head. <laughs> he visited the rum shack, and then headed over and cut Carrie's hair. Maybe it's one of those people on Ely's video that cut hair with fire and <laughs> sword. sword. 
So Laura and Carrie start fighting and beating one another. And Charles walks in and he's like, typical dad. Like he walks in after the fight and it's like, what's going on? The kids all act okay. Well, I have a question about Carrie though. Cause you know, I'm not good with the age of kids. <sighs> She's drawing like scribbles across Laura's homework is that's like a two year old does that. Yes. Not a six year old. Right. 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 Jesus. So I have to say when Charles comes in and asks what's going on, Carolyn says, what we all want to say. With all the children in schoolwork, this house is getting smaller and smaller. And she looks super annoyed. And like, this is kind of a a thing that runs through a theme that runs through the back of this episode is Caroline is like at her fucking wits end with these kids. And she's on day eight. Yeah. What day are we on? I'm on Monday. Yeah. We're almost like a year into this thing. Yeah. We're, in three months, it'll be a year. Yeah. Yeah. So Carrie says she drawed the house. She drew, <laughs> and apparently she drawed all over Laura's homework. She's like, get her checked. <laughs> no, that's not right. There. That's not right. Laura is pissed off because she wanted to get her homework done, Jen, so that she could go fishing. Yes. And Charles is like, no, no, no. You have to stay away from each other, from people. But she's like, I'll just run away from people if I see them. Laura's struggling with this quarantine. Already. Because mm-hmm. she has to be up in everybody's business. She really does. <laughs> I relate to her so much. God, because she's such a busybody. <laughs> I was always like a 70-year-old woman in a 10-year-old yeah, body. That's why you and Graham got along mm-hmm, so well. Mm-hmm. So he's hesitant, but he says he'll let her, whatever. Okay. At Edwards, Edwards and Carl's Jr. are in the barn. Carl's Jr. is finally getting a chance <laughs> to like be like to build things and hang out with Edwards, and he's glowing. He's right, glowing. but what happens, Jen? It's wrecked immediately by Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Classic little sister shit. Classic little sister shit. Carl's Jr. is like somebody sees me <laughs> first. <time. laughs> So all of a sudden, Grace comes screaming out that Alicia woke up sick with spots, and Alicia is a good actress. Is she, though? I think she, compared to Carrie? Uh, compared to Carrie, yes. I mean, we know that's the rivalry. The death okay. rivalry. <laughs> no, it's not. Laura and Alicia are the death rivalry. No, 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 no. Carrie and Alicia are mortal enemies. Are they? They are now. I thought they were friends. No. Don't you remember Alicia, like, haunted... With the butterfly effect and and haunted Carrie and tried to throw her down a mine shaft so that she wouldn't be the cutest kid in town. No, I don't remember. We them. made up that whole theory. It was the butterflies. I was fault. not paying attention. God. Oh, the butterfly was employed by Alicia. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was actually employed by the ghost of Julia. When we recorded that, it like, was actually oh. employed by the ghost of Julia Sanderson I to try to get rid of Carrie. That. Yeah. Okay, she must have been drunk. Um, Alicia uh, looks like she's on death's door, and Edwards is shook. I have an index card. I was hoping you would. I did an index card on mountain fever. Thank God. Something useful to all of us. I was going to do it on something totally random and stupid just to piss you off. But All right, go ahead. So my sources here are cdc.gov, which I think we can trust. And Columbia University Irving Medical Center, just as an FYI. So what is mountain fever? Rocky Mountain Fever is a tick-borne disease. 
first recognized in 1896. So it was recognized around this time, like officially. It's bacterial, not viral, which is good because that means later antibiotics will easily treat it. At this time, not true. Antibiotics don't exist yet. Correct. Symptoms include fever, headache, muscle aches, chills, loss of appetite, nausea and vomiting, rash or red spots, eye redness or sensitivity to light. It's caused by the bite of a tick. It's carried by the wood tick and the American dog tick, which are much larger than the deer tick that ca- that carries Lyme disease. So it's similar to Lyme disease, sort of, kind of. The bra- I love the sentence. I just included it. The brown dog tick has been implicated in some cases as well. Wow. <laughs> okay. I hope the brown dog tick has a good lawyer. Prior to the antibiotic error, the mortality rate from mountain fever was 30%. Yeah, that well, there's no anti, there's no way to treat it. Yeah. Even today, it remains the most common fatal tick-borne disease in the U.S. Three to five percent of patients still die from it, but there's only like 300 to 1,200 cases a year. Right. Prompt treatment is the key. Same thing with Lyme disease. Like the faster you treat these things, the the less implications you'll have. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact: five percent of patients will develop gangrene, sometimes uh, requiring an amputation. Holy shit! It also has neurological system problems like vertigo, deafness, coma, seizures, paralysis. Lyme disease comes on less acutely. So the symptoms are similar, but like this is, you get a really bad fever right away. You get really, really sick. Mm -hmm. Lyme disease kind of comes on much slower. Yeah. Um, Both are cured with antibiotics. So Lyme disease is cured, which I never realized because you know how some people have lingering effects from Lyme disease. That's also actually called post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome, which is not the same as having Lyme disease. And it's like a lingering, you know, like you have joint problems and all these right. things and that can go on for months. Okay. So that's it. So interesting thing. It is not, you cannot catch this from another person. Oh. It's not communicable between people. You catch it from ticks. So why are they acting this way? They don't know. Why don't does know. Edwards think he killed his family? Well, he he may he may have brought home the ticks that had the disease. Like there, you know what I mean. Like you could have had, like he could have had a tick on him that he brought home. Are you kid. sure? I'm positive. It's not communicable between people. It's not like smallpox. Wow. Poor Edwards. I wish I could absolve him of his guilt. They still had outbreaks of it though, so there must have been like you know like a bunch of infected ticks or something. <laughs> Really Don't forget, weird. people lived in the woods at this yeah, time. That's really like weird. it's not like now where you're like, I'll go for a walk in the woods and then go back to my heavily insulated house that nothing can penetrate. Like that. This okay. is when you know these ticks were all over the place. Okay, but no, you can't catch it from someone. That's why Laura probably doesn't catch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Because if that were smallpox, Laura would have caught that from her immediately. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a viral disease, highly contagious. So, Jenny, at Alicia's bedside, Edwards has a breakdown. He knows it's his fault. He knows he brought it home. And he says this is the second time he brought it to his family. He- well, here's my thing. If he think if they think it's contagious like a virus is, right? Like they think that. Yeah. They believe that. He oh yes, he's he's drinking out of somebody's I know. bottle. I know. Town, like, why does he not get this? I know. Or do they not think that's how it's passed? Well, like that's he what- keeps saying he clearly couldn't get it. Oh, but he can carry it. Right. But he knew that already. So it's in this moment, he says, you know, I couldn't get it because he had it before when his wife and daughter right. had it, but he survived but it. it. But again, it's not viral, so you can't get right. it again. He actually. doesn't know. Yeah. 
So, all right, he screams at Grace to get away from them. And then he bundles Alicia up and tells her he's taken Alicia to his bachelor cabin. Because I know how to take care of her. And I'm like, uh-huh. but do you? Didn't all the last people like this die? <laughs> Someone waves the hooch around, you're going to leave her. Okay. <laughs> As he's leaving, Ken, he tells Grace to make him some food, get a ton of shit together, bring the food and the shit to the cabin, leave it outside. Also, scrub the entire cabin, floors, walls, and everything. And I wrote, hmm, who has the harder job here? Yeah, seriously. He's going to sit there and put a, a towel on Lisa's head. <laughs> Carl's Jr.'s just standing out in the field. He had it. There was a moment in the sunlight and he lost it. Alicia wrecked it with almost dying. Back at the Ingles, Carrie is being super annoying again and the kids are all fighting and Caroline's like besides or beside Caroline, herself. Caroline is angry bacon bread. She has like 18 loaves of bread. Is that what's going on? Because I noticed all the people I'm friends with on Facebook and stuff are like baking like crazy. Are they just stress baking? Jenny, is it like I'm angry stress baking? in the house with my children since March. You were baking a lot of bread, too. <laughs> you bake a lot of bread. I made it while you were here. <laughs> also, it was definitely stress baking. Yes. Okay. Paul walks in and declares that since he can't see the fever, it must not be here. Can I just say that Carrie is awful? Carrie's awful. Oh, my God. Where's the nearest well? <laughs> That's what Carolyn's thinking. That's what Carolyn's thinking. But why is Charles saying since he can't see it, it must not be here? And I'll so then he this. In the mid-1800s. Then he incur- encourages his entire family to head over to the Edwards. In the late 1800s. I'll excuse this behavior. Yeah, I know. They, they honestly have no idea what's happening because they, they can't see other people on right. TV. Right. They have no idea. So Caroline and the girls all head over to the Edwards. And Grace spots them coming down the hill. And I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. Because he said it's like nine. it's been like nine days. So he's probably thinking if they're all back from Elmsville and it's like 10, you know, days later, no one breaks out with your problem. Like that's how the virus works, yeah. right? How viruses yep. work. Like there's an, ink, there's a, oh, I forget the onset time. Yes. So Caroline's like, so ha- she is me, like so excited to get out of her house. <laughs> She's like, I'm free. And she and the girls are walking down the hill and Grace yells at them and stops them. And this is the best because Grace has a breakdown in the field. <laughs> she does. So Grace is yelling to them and she's like, you can't come any closer. Alicia has the fever. And then she, instead of just saying that, she starts going, like she desperately needs to talk to somebody yeah. about this. Yeah. Cause she's tell. like telling the whole story and there's like dust swirling all around <laughs> her. She's in the middle of a field. It's bad guys. And, but Caroline has the look on her face. Like, do we just risk it? I don't get your lines. Like, do I just give it a <laughs> Yeah. So can the kids play in this field right here? Is that okay? Well, and then I had a whole conversation with Timmy about why is Edward's house always so dusty? And we realized it's because his crops are right outside his door. I don't know why that would make his house dusty. So when the crops aren't planted, it's just a big dust field. Oh, you mean his fields are right yeah, there? Yeah, where, where Charles is... A, is smart and his are away from the house. Charles seems to have a lot of grass around his yes. house. Yeah. yeah. Super dusty all the time at Edwards. Don't forget Edwards didn't set this place up. That's true. That's true. So part of this whole trip was that they were going to pick raspberries. So no, 
No, they were going to bring bread over. Right. But then on the way home, Caroline's on the way home, she's like, let's pick raspberries. So they get home, they walk home real somberly and they get home and Caroline's like, you know what, girls, you can still go pick raspberries. I got to go make a pie. She's like, I'll make a pie. (laughs) She's like, I'll make a pie. Or seven. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So the girls are like, are you sure we can go? And she's like, yeah, you won't see anybody. Go ahead. You could go pick raspberries. Jen. They're picking raspberries, and who is fucking eating them all? Jerry is the worst. She's like a she's like a goat. She's like Fred. <laughs> like Fred would behave better, I think, than Carrie. You could tell Mary's just had it. Mary's like, "What are you doing, Carrie?" <laughs> I think Mary's just giving up though. She's like, "That's fine, whatever," and she's just patting her neck. <laughs> So we see them all picking the raspberries. We see Carrie eating them. They start fighting again. And then Laura, Laura, Laura. Laura, you dumbass. Laura declares, Jen, Alicia likes raspberries. Because she has to get involved in people's business. So I'm going to run over to Edward's bachelor pad. And I'm just going to stick some raspberries outside. And run back. And Mary lets her. Mary, she's asking Mary's permission. And Mary's like grilling her on what she's going to do. Mary, Laura is a dumbass and you know it. <laughs> Don't let her go over there. You know she's going to do something fucking stupid or something's going to happen or she's going to shoot someone or whatever. Don't let her go over there. I have to say, I cannot defend Laura on this one. I can't, I can't defend Mary for letting her go. I can't defend Laura because this is so stupid. First it's of so all, stupid. if Alicia is on her deathbed with fever, is she really going to know that you left raspberries? Well, and I, I guess they haven't covered infectious disease in school yet because no one seems to know anything about this. Oh, God. Like, Doc Baker is not doing his motherfucking job here oh, by yeah. educating people with this disease. Doc Baker took off. All right. So at the cabin, Alicia is saying her throat is sore. And I wrote, imagine what a nightmare it must have been to be sick then. Like, there was no numbing yeah, throat spray or yeah, cough drop. I know. Like, I get sick. I have 18 things. That's like spraying on me, eating. There was none of that. There was like okay. a wet rag. Yep. Some water off a dirty ladle. It got really bad. Uh, wow. <laughs> okay. So Edwards leaves to get water and Alicia starts crying and writhing around. And we see Laura coming up to the cabin and you know what's going to happen here. So Laura starts to put the raspberries down and she hears Alicia crying out for help. Help, help. So what does she do? Goes in like a motherfucking idiot. Goes in. Alicia, I'll help you. Instead of what I would have done is yelled around for Mr. Edwards. Yes. Yes. You know, he didn't go far. But to be fair, Pa has a talk with them later about don't go near anyone. Where was that talk on day one of the quarantine? I know. Well, Charles thought he couldn't see it, so it wasn't there, Jen. Oh, my God. These these people are flying (laughs) blind. So Edwards walks in and screams at her, and she runs away. And then the worst thing ever, worse than Mr. Edwards drinking out of a rando bottle laura goes back to her family and doesn't tell them doesn't tell them now she's infected but to be fair she doesn't know how this works they know they can't go near people because they'll catch it yeah but do they think that they only catch it off people that have it like laura might not understand that she's not symptomatic yet i I would at least have been honest i would at least said what happened the entire family 
Yep. This is so relevant to what's happening today. I mean, guys, I don't care what side of the political spectrum you're on. Masks and human decency are not political. We should they be should being be. careful during this quarantine. We should be caring about others, whatever that means. Laura breaks the number one rule. And this is my problem with this quarantine. You can't trust that people are doing the right yeah. thing and being honest about it. And part of it is there is a weird stigma around this. So I saw this with the girls' school. Like, if a kid got it, the parents are, like, they're weary about telling the school because then it becomes, well, what did you do to get your kid exposed? You know what I mean? Like, so it's stigmatized at the same time that we want Honestly. Well, I mean, the bottom line is there's going to be people that get it because there's people in jobs that are yeah. going to be exposed. Like there's a certain amount of the population that's going to get it yeah. because they have no, they have no other options. Like yeah. they're either doctors or they're working in, you know, in, in all of our essential yep. quote unquote yep. things. And they're, you know, they're, they're doing this work or they have to work. Like that's different than I'm going to go to a bar and hang out with my friends. Right. That's different. Right. So there's, I think there's two types of risk. Like it, so you can't necessarily say someone's being irresponsible if they get it. But you, it depends on their situation. But you feel like you're judged. And I sure. know this because I had to take one of my daughters to the orthodontist. I get a text saying somebody at the orthodontist office tested positive. I immediately was felt shame over this. Like, but that's oh one of the things. Like, I mean, I had braces. Like, once you start that process and you're in the middle of it, you can't. I know. Stop I, it. You I can't know. not do it. I know. It's a medical. It's a medical thing. Like, people still have. I had a. I had a thing going on with my tooth. I had to go to the dentist in the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. Like, there's going to be certain risks that people have to take. But if we can keep it to that, we'll be in much better shape than all these random risks that we're taking for right. no reason. Right. But my point is like. I don't trust the Laura's of the world. Like, oops, I was exposed. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to expose everybody else. And there's some people that, you know, have to work and you don't know the people they work with and what, you know, like it's a risk. Like we were able to finally get together for Christmas because we were all, the eight of us were able to quarantine. And that took a long time. We couldn't do it for Thanksgiving. We couldn't do it because Timmy had very minor surgery December 1st. And so he didn't have to go to work. He's the one wild card. He has to work. Well, mom was working too at the time yes. for Thanksgiving. Yep. So, so she retired in the meantime. So we were able to, to finally uh, quarantine. And I want to say yeah. something else while we're talking about this. I feel so bad for parents with young kids. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Guys, those of you who are raising young kids right now. Oh God. Brutal. What? Could you imagine if your kids were like six? My kids are 14. They live in their rooms. Mm-hmm. But, like, my sister-in-law has, like, a six- and a seven-year-old, and she's homeschooling them every day. Plus, she's trying to do her stuff. Oh, my God. I couldn't. So, I get Carolyn's point of view of just wanting to be done with this, just wanting to be away from it. I get it. I get it. Because she just wants she just wants yeah. Gary out of that house. Can you blame her? No. no. All right. So, so, Laura comes back. She's patient zero now, and she just blatantly lies. They're eating the delicious looking pie. Yep. She said she left all the berries and saw no one. Charles starts telling the family about Edwards killing his family the first time. And Laura starts asking all sorts of questions about how you get the fever. Red flag, Pa. Charles tells them that in Elmsville, once the spots appear, one out of every two people dies. And I wrote, wow. 
Wow. Wow. <laughs> so later, Laura and Mary are in bed, and Laura notices she has spots. And Timmy and I, it, it's so funny because my husband, Timmy, and I are watching this, and I'm like, our language, like we're using immunologist rhetoric at this point. We're going, what was the viral load? How close were they? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what we all know from just living through this now. So That's true. we were like, okay, maybe she's asymptomatic. But Timmy said, that's poison ivy. Yeah, because she doesn't have the fever. Yeah. With, with Mountain but Fever, the number one thing is looking at it the first second. Because yeah. it's like blotchy. Yeah. But the, um, the number one thing with mountain fever is the fever. Some people don't get the spots. Right. It's the fever. It's the fever. That's it's yep. the sickness. Yeah. So Jen, Laura crawls downstairs and she does what she does best. Right to know. Right to know. Fucking runs away. <laughs> Dear Pa, I'm a dumbass dying of fever. <laughs> Charles <laughs> probably wakes up and just wants to kill himself. He's- you know what would have been funny if the if the shoe was out of paper because Carrie took it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, imagine getting up and being like, now I have to go find her again. Really? She told me where she went this time. All right. Cut to Edwards and Alicia. Edwards is starting to break down. I think it's exhaustion. exhaustion. And I wrote, hope that hooch was worth it. I don't understand. Like, he's put, like, he doesn't have to stay awake 24 hours a day. Like, she probably sleeps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So just sleep. There's a knock on the door and it's Laura and she says she has the fever and she walked all that way in her nightgown and nightcap. Yep. Yeah. Edward says, yes, you have the fever and brings her in, but it doesn't look the same. I wrote like, this is clearly something else. How does Mr. Edward not not, know this? And she's not like dying in bed like Alicia is. Right. Okay. The next scene is super emotional. Charles and Caroline show up and, and they're there to get Laura. And Edwards is like, no, stay back. You're not coming to get her. And he'll take care of Alicia and Laura. And Charles is like, and Timmy even said to me, I would go in that cab and I wouldn't give a shit. Like I would be with my kid. I wouldn't care. Like I just wouldn't come back to you guys. I would hope I could survive it. Right, 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 right. Charles decides, Jen, he's going to make this all better by going to get public enemy number two, Doc Baker. Because what's going to make this situation better, Doc Baker? Well, Reverend Alden would make it the worst. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> if he was going to get Reverend Alden, that would be dark. <laughs> okay, later at the house, Charles is leaving, and Caroline, did you get this? Gives him an enormous sack of pies. <laughs> Caroline's a little glad that Laura's not there right now, I think. She's like, I'm getting a little break. Charles was getting on the wagon, and he had a little rolled-up blanket with, with leather straps. Mm-mm. Like it's a it's a wool blanket and it's rolled up and it, these things are back. I have like five of them. Oh, I've gotten okay. like three of them from work. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know that was like an old thing. It's so funny. I thought it was a hipster thing. Okay, but it's it's a nineteenth century oh, thing. Is it hipster or is it old? <laughs> so we don't funny. know. I'm like that's my yoga blanket. <laughs> Charles tries to go to Elkdale or whatever it's called, and then dude's like, "You can't come here. The farmers burned down the bridge." First of all, was he, I thought he was breaking out into hero mode a little bit when he started like riding a little heavy on the wagon. <laughs> Did you see that? Not yet. He like kind of cornered, you know, the corner on the wagon. I'm like, uh oh. Yeah, burn down the bridge. 
Damn, they're serious about this quarantine. They're serious. You know what Brooklyn should have done? We should have burned down the fucking bridges, even though we have it worse. (laughs) Back at the Bachelor Hospital, Edwards finally collapses, and Laura's still showing no symptoms. Totally fine. No fever. She doesn't have this. She doesn't have this. At Elmsdale, three men are eating dinner, and one dude is like, maybe we shouldn't eat off the plates of the dead man. Just then... Charles approaches, so he couldn't get over the bridge, so he had to do the ferry in like uh, uh, Edwards did in the beginning. Yeah. So Charles is all like, give us our doctor back. (laughs) Now there's a fight over Doc Baker. And the men refuse. Charles flies into hero mode and beats up three guys with shotguns. What is with Charles taking uh, starting fights when he's clearly outnumbered? I don't know. Even the... The men, after they beat the shit out of him, put him back on his boat and sail him away. He's They're not like, Danny LaRusso. Try to beat us up. He's not Danny LaRusso. No, he can't do this. So they beat the shit out of Charles. They put him in his boat. They sail him off, Viking funeral style. Psh, bye. So would we would we say that Doc Baker is being held hostage? It's similar, isn't it? <laughs> back at Ingalls, Caroline is sobbing in bed, which. This was some bad acting. So 2020. So 2020. I love her. Don't get me wrong. But she did not look like she was crying. Crying in bed is so 2020. (laughs) Well, it's funny because my sister-in-law was saying that she doesn't have a moment to herself to cry. And I'm like, go to the Target parking lot. (laughs) Go in the woods and scream. That's what I do. So Carrie gets up and climbs into bed with Caroline. And Carrie says it scares her when Caroline cries. I was relieved that Carrie knew what crying was. Me too. And she could she like, could put together you know, a sentence about it. I don't even know what letter she's <laughs> level she's at here. <laughs> at Fever Cabin, Laura is nursing Alicia and Edwards back to health. Edwards, well, you remember my index card on sleep deprivation. Yes. Yeah. From Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street. So like your body's just gonna shut down and be like, You're sleeping. And he's Here there. He's there. Alicia asks about Edwards and asks if she thinks she'll die. And Alicia confesses, Jen, that she stole a hair ribbon from the Olsons. Oh, my God. Alicia <laughs> shoplifted. And she's going to go to hell if she dies now. Oh, my God. And they pray. I'm like, I'm like, Laura, whatever you do, do not let her die on your watch. Oh, my God. God. And here's where I wrote, Alicia's such a better actress than Carrie. I mean, she she's I 100 IQ points up on Carrie. At this she, point. May, she may be much older, too. She's, we have no idea. So back in Elksdale, Charles has... It's Elmsville. It's Elmsville. <laughs> Whatever it is. Charles has snuck out of his boat and is swimming to the dock. In the dark black lake. God knows what's in there. This is hero mode. This is, this is Victor French this is at his hero- finest. This is dumbass mode because you don't have a boat, so you don't have to pull into a dock. Just go down the shore a little bit and get out of the water. Why are you getting out of the water on the dock? This is next to these guys. This is Victor French at his best right here. Is <laughs> Charles gets up, bangs into something. The guys all start to chase him. Charles runs up a building, jumps off a second floor, starts beating people with things. It's like the three, they're like the three stooges on the stairs. It's outrageous. <laughs> it totally is. Then he runs right through the town into a hospital full of contagious sick people. Into a hospital full of contagious sick people, which just has saloon doors on yeah. it. And well, no, no they're barrier. in the saloon. Because I know, but like, it's just, yeah, the hospital like was overrun. They had to go into, the but they should put up some like 
plastic curtains or some, something it's plastic and red red <laughs> but like something that stops people from just walking right in or from the air just drifting right out sure. he pleads his case and doc baker decides he's going to return with him okay of course because the other doctor's like kind of like no we don't need you here anymore we're good like he's probably like this guy's not a doctor <laughs> so back at rash central alicia is healed Yes. Doc Baker, yes. Grace, and the Ingles appear. Laura locks them out of the cabin, Jen. And she's like, I'm not coming out. Charles tries to run in. Charles tries to run in, then tries to like bang the door down. And Laura yeah. needs to be coaxed out of the fucking cabin because suddenly now she cares if she gets somebody else sick. But Charles just ran into an ICU full of patients. <laughs> so like, and then he went back with his family. I know. I know. Oh my god. This is a mess. <laughs> so so now Doc Baker has to examine Laura on the stoop while everyone watches. <laughs> Super weird. So Doc Baker actually is able to identify something. Jenny, were you proud of him? Because she doesn't have the fever. He looks at her. He laughs. Okay. Can I say something? I don't understand. I think the laughter is inappropriate here. It's he should have said what was wrong with her first and then laugh. Right. He starts laughing, but that doesn't matter. There are still people dying. Alicia's barely like overcome this. <laughs> Edward's whole first family is wiped out by this. Yeah. It's not really a laughing matter, Doc Baker. Read the room. Oh my god, no one reads the room. We already talked about that. So he starts laughing and he's like, Oh, you just have poison ivy. And then it just ends. Well, I've I have a couple of questions though. I have a lot of questions. Why is she not itching if it's poison ivy? Right. She's not itching at all. Nope. And so that's totally fraudulent. Go back to the time they went camping. They had poison ivy and they know what it feels like. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sure that's not the first time Laura Ingalls has had poison ivy. No. It's probably like every week. Mm-hmm. And B, do we trust what Doc Baker says? Right. And then I, I wrote... No discussion of whether Laura has been exposed or if Doc Baker has now exposed all of them. Doc Baker was in a hospital full of patients for a week. <laughs> like, why do they think doctors are invincible from this? I know. I know. He did the exact thing Edwards did. It's a, it's a disaster. <laughs> this whole town's going to die. <laughs> all right, Jenny. Now it's time for our mini segment. Jenny, whose fault is this? This is Edward's raging drinking problems. Yes, 100%. If you, Mimi's, could could name someone else who's more to blame here, I'd, I'd like to hear it. This is Edward's. Yeah. And his barely functioning alcoholism. Wow. Dude. You should have... Guys, watch this episode, how easily he is swayed to drink out this random bottle. Yeah. He's he's in a town where he thinks there's a highly contagious disease, which is not true, but he thinks that is spreading around and he takes, but again, do they know? They must know that's how you get it though, because they're avoiding each other. I don't know, but you're telling me that's not how you get it. Well, this isn't how you get this, but if it was like smallpox or something, it would, but like they know, they know, they have enough science to know that you can get diseases from other people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming they know that means from their breath, from their saliva, from touching your hands to their face and your face. Like, I'm assuming they understand how it contracts from person to person. True. 
So drinking out of somebody's glass would be an exchange of saliva. True. So he must know that. He must know that. that. You, you could catch things that way. Oh, God, Edwards. Jenny, he's your boy, and he's really... He's a fucking goddamn mess. <laughs> he's a mess. <laughs> okay, so at the end of every episode... Oh, wait, let me just say this first. So again, we have an episode with no downturn of the action. No, that's it. It's like over. It just ends. I would have liked to... And then I decided, you know how some, t- some episodes they'll do a little voiceover of Laura? Maybe they should have done that at the end of every episode. Yeah. Wonder your style. Yep. All right. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I will look back and talk about or think about a, a way that this media or this show has affected us and something we took with us. We call it our why. It's designed to answer the or finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. So Jenny, what is your why for this episode? This is why I'm thankful I live in an age of vaccines and antibiotics. Thank God. Thank you. Thank God. Oh, my God. Thank and, God. And Vic's throat numbing spray. <laughs> but... This is also why I thought I would die every time I got high fever when I was a kid. <laughs> and I used to run high fevers. Yeah, I remember that. Whenever I got sick, I would run high fevers. And when I was... That's because under, I was delivering raspberries to contagious people and bringing it home to you. When I was under... I wouldn't necessarily get sick easily, but when I did, I would always run a high fever. Yeah. And when I was in... When I was under a year old, I think, I was in the hospital with like a hundred and six fever 105 fever or something crazy mm-hmm. mom said they had to pack me in ice <laughs> <laughs> little did they know like it went right through and froze your heart <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what happened she needs ice in her face <laughs> literally and i like i almost died and then i saw this and i just thought fever is like if you run a fever like you're in danger mm-hmm. you're gonna die mm-hmm. like i remember thinking that as a kid mm-hmm. and i would freak out every time i ran a fever yeah that's fair that's fair all right, so I, I kind of have two whys. My first one is, this is why Gen X is so well-equipped to deal with this pandemic. Because we trust no one. We, yes, trust, we trust no, no one. one. We're fine being isolated. Yep. We're fine being alone. I shared an article on our Facebook page. Check it out. It's like Gen X is finally getting the love they deserve in this pandemic. We're like, we got this. We are the champions. Yep. In this situation. Like, we were latchkey kids. We were used to being alone. We were used to, like, you know... Entertaining ourselves. Yep. Yep. We really... And we don't trust anyone. We're not stupid. No. We're sitting home like, "Mm, no, I don't trust you. Um, Like, I was, like, quizzing my good friend about what she was doing on her holiday. And I'm like, nope, no. No. Mm -mm. I don't don't trust all those other people. We're waiting 10 days to see each other. Jenny, do you think that's a generational thing or do you think that's an us thing? (laughs) We we constantly run into this question. (laughs) I think that we're a product of our generation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're just. So I think it's probably a little of both. Yeah. But another thing I want to say is this is why doctors are amazing people. Doctors, nurses, medical staff, scientists, these people. And, you know, we said this around. 9-11 9-11 were first responders, obviously. The people who walk towards the danger are heroes, period. And that's whatever that medical danger looks now. like. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I just want to give a shout out to doctors and nurses and anyone who works in a hospital or a nursing home or yep. anybody who's caring for the sick right now. 
or helping get food to people like all of those things. Yep. This is that's the front line right now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I just, I really have a lot of admiration for people. Like you turn on the news, you're seeing these doctors and nurses just crying and they're overwhelmed and they're losing patients and they're like, guys, they're heroes. Like we need to, to keep them afloat right now. Well, we know that that's, that's where the disease is going through. Like there's going to be people that get it Mm -hmm. because there's no other option. But we, we we can control and keep down the spread in other mm-hmm. areas for other reasons. Yeah. That's our that's our PSA about mountain fever today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jenny, why don't you tell everybody what's coming up next? And I'll tell everyone what we're doing on Patreon this month. So on okay. Patreon this month, we have Class Action Park. And we're also going to do what we hope is probably one of the worst movies ever, which is Jaws 3D. So I'm really uh-huh. looking forward to that. We also um, have some things coming out on our regular feed. Jenny, what are they? Uh, well, our next, we're going to start to skip around a little bit on Little House just because we're, it's taking forever to get through the season. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think the next little house we're going to do is to live with fear part one and part two. This is when Mary gets kicked in the stomach by the horse. Oh God, I'm living for that. Yeah. <laughs> and she like ends up in the hospital. It's a whole, another illness thing. So like it's, but it's a whole, that's a big dramatic episode. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take that one on. Then I think we'll probably skip a couple more again and, and probably move into election like the, and gold country. And then that will wrap season three. So um, the next one then is say it again, the Mary to live with fear part one, with fear part one. So if you're watching along with us, have that one done for next week. All right. What else do we have coming on the regular feed? We have the crown. So we did some uh, season four of the crown around Diana and Charles and the wedding and all of that. We we're covering just season four because that's the gen X timeline. And we, I think ours is going to be three episodes. Mm-hmm. We're breaking it up the season up into three episodes. So one and two comes out on January 7th, three, four, and five come out on the 21st. And then the rest of it, I think is going to be, well, I don't know. It might be four. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. know. We don't know yet. Just, it's either three or four episodes. We're just kind of going into them and seeing how long it takes <laughs> us. So we're focusing heavily on any episodes that really include Diana and Charles. Um, yep. The rest we're kind of just skimming. So that's where we're at. Okay. Visit us at genxthisiswhy.com for your chance to win something. We have a contest going on right now that you can um, participate in. And you can also link to our Patreon feed from there. So thanks a lot. And we'll see you next week. Hi, everyone. Amy here. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving a five-star review. Really helps us to grow the podcast. If you'd like to support us, please consider joining our Patreon feed, patreon.com slash why. We're also on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group called the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B. You can find this and all other information, including an email address for contact, at www.genxthisiswhy.com. Thanks so much, and thanks for listening.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.